How y'all doing? I'm Paul Ryan, your host of the Across the Cowboys podcast. This podcast is part of the Across the Board Sports podcast family. If you're new to the show, thank you for joining us. And to our regular listeners, welcome back. With me, as always, is my co-host, the greatest co-host in the world, Mike the Pig Crumb. Mike, how are you? I'm doing good, man. I got to tell you, Paul, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mess up the show right now, but your screen's shaking a little bit. I don't know what it is, but your screen's shaking. Just uh... I'm, I'm nervous, Mike. Oh, yeah. I'm nervous for our guest that we got on. Yeah, yeah. He's it's a good <laughs> guest. Don't be nervous. He's a good guest. Mr. But do you see that too, Frankie? Is it shaking? His is. I, I do see his shaking, yes. But it's stopped now. You know, what it is is I have a uh, I kind of have a smaller desk, and I think it was my knees were hitting up against it, so I think that's why. Well, I gave up the the goat on the guest. I apologize. I do that sometimes, but I'm at CD Piglet, blah, 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 blah. Now let's get to the guest. <laughs> Mikey, you sound so excited to be here tonight. Oh, I am. I am. I really am. I love being on with Frankie. That's my guy on Twitter. So I just forgot and I gave up the goat and I was like, whoops, I messed up Paul. I know Paul's going to get me on that. So I just ate it right away because I knew you were going to be like, well, Mike gave it away again, but here's our guest. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to eat it. I screwed it up. All right. Oh, good. Well, guys, I am Paul Ryan. You can find me on Twitter at Paul underscore Ryan 15. Well, as Mike was saying, we have a very special guest with us, salary cap guru and the best account manager in the world. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Frankie Kenneth to the broadcast. Frankie, how are you? Well, I don't know about that guru part. It's more like a, <laughs> like a geek, you know. I don't know about the guru, but uh, thanks for having me, guys. We appreciate you, sir. Frankie, let the people know where they can find you on Twitter. Uh, so my Twitter handle is Frankie Kenneth L, as in Lima. Yes, sir. Well, you know, Frankie, I, I know this next part you're pretty familiar with. You've been one of our uh, loyal listeners for a while now. You, you've always been kind enough to offer us feedback. And I think even you were one of uh, – one somebody who also let us know that when uh, we had some pre-roll added into the conver- added into the podcast episode when when my editing skills were were still pretty uh, pretty new to to it all. So uh, you know, again, thank you for your support and everything. But again, um, you know, as I was saying, I know you're, you're familiar for, familiar with what we're about to discuss. Before we can discuss any anything football related, Mike, what was on the meatless Monday meatless Monday menu today? Well, I did have, I had a falafel pita from Daphne's. I'm literally still in my work shirt, as I showed you guys earlier. Uh, and then I'm going to have a salad later with uh, like a, a really acidic honey vinaigrette and some candied walnuts. And uh, it'll have apples. And I put beans in my salad to add protein. So black beans and kidney beans and romaine lettuce. So it'll be good. It's one of my favorite things to eat. So nothing like special, but it's yummy. So I'm happy with it. Did you eat falafels? It seems like every time you're at Daphne's. Uh, their falafels are good. I make falafel at home, and I think they're, they're – my hummus is better. Sorry, Daphne's, but their falafel is really good. It has a good little kick of spice, and uh, it, it gets crispy on the outside, but it's nice and tender inside. It's it's yummy. Yeah, I'm, I'm, still, on the, I'm still searching for a good falafel myself. Man got to make it look it's not hard to make it's it's get good canned chickpeas or if you want to go really crazy use an instapot and and you know make your chickpeas but uh get good canned chickpeas and ground them up with the right spices you can find it on google and and then uh make your own uh, hummus that's the key or or find really good hummus because they you need them you need to pair them 
Would you? Are you a bigger fan of hummus or baba ganoush? Hummus. I don't really like roasted eggplant. I like eggplant, but I'm not a big fan of roasted eggplant. I should, let me put it this way. Let me change that. I made it and maybe I made it poorly because I had never done it before and I did not like it. So I just never ordered it. So maybe it was a mistake I made in making the dish, but I make hummus a lot better than I do baba ganoush. So hummus for me. Frankie, are you uh, are you a fan of the uh, Mediterranean cuisine? I am not. Uh, I I eat like a like a ten year old. My menu is very limited, very small. <laughs> if I t I can probably pick on my hand the the things that I eat, and I I, I mean I don't like seafood. I don't like Oriental. Uh -huh. uh, I, I I have a very very picky palate. Wow. Hey, well, appreciate the honesty there, sir. Well, let's get right into it. Mike, what were your thoughts on the KZ's DUI on the first day of the bye week? No, nah, man, we're talking about Kenneth's diet. Hold on. No, I'm just kidding. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to let that slide because this will go a half an hour if I get into that. The, man, I just <laughs> want you to be here so I can cook you food. If I cooked it in, no, you know what? I'm not going to do it. The D, <laughs> I'm not going to do it. The DUI thing, it, it's it's annoying really because that the NFL you all you got to do is call a place the NFL provides you a ride like it's so you have to go into your teammates and be like you know like oh I did this and and your teammates are going to be like dummy there's you don't have the number like I don't know KZ I'm not but like I could see like if it was somebody I knew that did it and they like offered a you could get a free ride and you still went and did that I'm like not only did you endanger people, and I understand a bunch of people, you know, have a beer and drive every day or whatever, but, but, you know, you have a DUI, you're, you're drinking and driving, you're endangering people when they literally offer you a ride anywhere you want for free. All you have to do is call the number for the NFL, every player. So it's annoying. That's what it is. Ricky, how about you? Uh, I think I think Mike is right about that. Uh, it, it it just it it just floors me that their decision making could be this way. Uh, so it is poor. Now, the, uh, the some of the comments I've heard about oh they should they should bench him just to send a message anything like that. My my reservation with that is we we don't know the details. We don't know what happened. You know, it was a charge. He was charged with it. We don't know how that's going to develop. If he gets a good lawyer, he probably gets to talk down and everything like that. And, and I can understand where people want to send a message, but at the same time, you don't know what the circumstances are. We, none of us do. So maybe he gets in there, you know, I'll sit him down. I'll, I'll, I'll get him to, to explain it to me. And having more information, then, you know, uh, we can decide what, what's the right course of action for him. But, but I don't want to, you know, be a, uh, you know, pull the trigger without all the facts. Uh, and I've seen them out there, you know, some people, and it makes sense if you were, you know, uh, super, super deep at that position. And, but to be honest, we don't have that luxury. We don't have the luxury to sit down our starting safety, regardless how you feel about hooker, you know, hooker is a, an ankle sprain away from, you know, having to put Mukwamo out there or something like that. So it's not necessary, you know, you got to look at big picture. Yeah, you know, Frankie, speaking for myself, I actually, I hated it. I didn't like the negative attention it brought on the team. And 
I just don't think it's, it's a good look. Like Mike said, the league will provide so many resources. Of course, the Cowboys provide so many resources for the for a situation situation like this to be avoided. I just uh, you know after a big win like that, and then to to go out and and, and do you know to to drink and drive again, like you were saying, we don't we don't know all the facts, but I just I don't know, man. You're a professional athlete. You're you're not a college kid. I don't. I just feel like you you should be making better decisions. And I know we, um, I know we, we kind of jumped into the next question, but I want to, uh, I want to follow up uh, and, and say, I totally agree with Frankie on, on disciplinary wise. That's the NFL The NFL has rules. I think it's the, in the new collective bargaining agreement, one to three games, let that shit play out with the NFL because I don't trust the NFL. So if you give uh, Casey a game, the NFL might not go like, oh, you gave him a game. Uh, you know, they might go, no, we're suspending him a game from mm-hmm. the NFL. So I'm I'm all for for waiting it out and 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 let let the NFL and uh, they have that collective bargaining agreement for a reason. Let them deal with that. Well, you know, you, you were talking about it, Mike. We kind of jumped ahead here, but should Casey be benched for the week after his DUI? I know how Frankie feels, I know how you feel. You know, personally, I think a fine and a benching should be the minimum punishment. Again, the team provides too many resources to prevent things like this from happening. I just, I feel like the team that we have now with the coaching staff we have now, it'd be good to to make kind of make a statement and let the other players know that, hey, this isn't the type of behavior that we're going to put up with this season. We have something, we're working towards something. So, you know, get your act together and, you know, figure out what's more important to you. How would you feel, though, and I'll ask this to Frankie, too. How would you feel, though, if the team suspended him a game and then the NFL came and said, oh, DUI, two-game suspension? Would it you be suck. like, you to take the one in the account? Or go ahead, sorry. No, no, I mean, it, it would suck. But at the same time, I mean, has he been good enough to be part partying like that? Let's just assume that he was partying. Fair. What about you, Frankie? Again, I, I, I don't know the player, so I don't know what his character is inside the locker room, or the building, his work ethic. To me, there, you know, depending on, uh, on how high marks he gets in those other areas, making this one mistake, hey, look, I'll, I'll, I'll send Hooker out there for the first couple of series, make him watch him. But I'm not, I'm not taking, you know, like you said, uh, Mike, I'm not taking initial action to bench him if the if, if, you know there's things pending out there because uh that that's exactly what will happen to a cowboy player that the team takes disciplinary action and the nfl goes you know what we're going to do this on top cowboy players yes they will probably do that to them the nfl definitely loves to make an example of cowboys players no doubt there well you know i, I don't know if this was jerry kind of trying to uh take the light off of a negative situation and and maybe uh change the tone here but what, what did you make, Mike, of Jerry's open for business comment? I'm going to bum everybody out here and just go, nothing. Go ahead, Frankie. <laughs> I, I don't think I heard this interview, to be honest with you. Um, open for business, I, I don't think I heard him or heard Buzz about it. So um, enlighten me. You know, Mike, just making enlighten sure. Me. It was it was Jerry, not Stephen, correct? Or was it Stephen? It was Jerry. Okay, just making sure. Yeah, he yeah. did say apparently in a uh, interview with one of five through the fan. I wasn't listening that day, but they were talking to him, talking to him about the bye week and other things, obviously. And they asked him about about maybe make potentially making a trade. And he said that we're always open for business. 
I, I remember it now, now that you mentioned that piece. Yeah, I, you know, when I heard it live, I just thought it was that, you know, generic statement that, you know, like, like Steven says all the time, we're open 24-7, 24-7, but really are they? You know, we've got many, many examples that they're not. You know, that, that's just something that you publicly say and it sounds good and it breathes well. Um, but I, I just saw it as a generic statement, you know, to, to, give, um, to give the guys on 105. If they were open for business for real, we'd be talking to Schultz, Gregory, Curse. All three of those guys, their value is only going up every game they play. And they, they'd have already been talking to, to guys like that if they were really, you know, open for business. So. Big so you, nothing burger for me on that one. So you think it would be more so about extending a player, not so much making a trade, Mike? Yeah, I don't. I, I honestly don't think he's. It's it's generic speak. It's you know how you go. Uh, how you doing? You don't really know somebody, and you're doing doing good, man. Uh, uh, have a good weekend. You know that kind of just basic. I'm not really talking. I'm not really saying anything. You yeah. don't even know the guy's name. You're just like, hey, what's up, man? Uh, uh, good, good thing this last week. All right, yeah, great game. Go whatever your team is that I seen you with the hat on. You know, it's one of those just generic things. He didn't really mean anything by it. Well, Mike, let me ask you this: Do you think the Cowboys need to make a trade? Uh, no, they need Tank and Gallimore back healthy, uh, Collins and Gallup back healthy. So that's my, that's my. Uh, big thing that that would be once they get those guys back that's like making a trade getting four impact players like that well three for sure impact players and one guy that looks like he's going to be an impact player um if his uh training camp is anything to say about it um you know then yeah i would just worry about that frankie what about you you know, there, there's a, there's kind of two sides to that. I, I agree wholeheartedly with Mike, what Mike said. I, I feel the same way. Uh, and of course, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the, the tea leaves here where, where the salary cap is looking like next year and things like that. And I don't, I don't know if the team is going to use assets for temporary fixes, you know, just quick fixes and things like that, knowing that they have a mass exodus of players that they're going to lose, or at least, have a contract expiring and have to make decisions on. And if they can't keep the player, of course, you know, you want to bring in that new blood through, through the draft uh, if possible. You know, they've been kind of successful with that the last couple of years. Um, but at the same time, I say that this, that, you know, that, um, that scenario that exists in the future makes you be more win now kind of a mentality. So, it is a time to look at the roster. That's what they need to do right now is do a really, really good up and down analysis, self-scout, and figure out if there is one or two weak links that could derail this train and keep us from getting to what, you know, the potential that this team has right now, which right now, I'll tell you, it has exceeded my expectations. A lot of things have fallen into place that needed to fall into place to to get us there but at the same time that potential was always there it's just that now luck has been on our side but mike said it earlier you don't necessarily need to to maybe look outside the roster because we kind of have a whole bench of people coming back from 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 the injury that are that are high caliber players i mean you got starters coming back you got 
high contributors coming back or, or coming, you know, some of them have never really taken a snap, like let's say Joseph. But I think the fact, I, I, I hate to sound like Steven, but I think that they are looking at those as their upgrades to those weak links that we got on, on the roster. Uh, of course, it doesn't, it doesn't apply in some areas and, and we'll probably cover some of those in the future here. There are some areas that we can't help ourselves with. And those are the ones that I'm saying, you know, self-scout and see what are you willing to do because the window is definitely here. You know, uh, we, 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 um, we have a window where we can probably go places and we shouldn't let one or two weak links derail this train. Yeah, I'd agree with you there, Frankie. It's, it's interesting you say that because when a team, you know, like you mentioned, we have having luck on our side with the chemistry that this team is showing, you know, making a trade, making the wrong trade could, could really hurt this team. So, you know, I don't think that we need to make a trade, but I do think that the right move could put us over the top. Kind of, you know, a lot of people have been talking about the Amari Cooper trade because I believe that the year anniversary was just a couple of days ago. But I think I would rather see what our team looks like, like Mike was saying, when we get back to Marcus Lawrence and Neville Gallimore. Because again, acquiring acquiring somebody and adding a new piece to the locker room, it could really make or you know, it could possibly make or break make or break the team. And you know, I don't know if I'm really willing to risk that. You you I look at, you look at the guys coming back to like Gallup's a thousand yard receiver. He's our best deep threat. Great in the red zone, jump ball guy. Collins is just a, as good as Steels has been enormous upgrade bringing Collins back. Now he may need a week or two because he's only mm-hmm. played one game and, you know, over a full season, right. but in a week or two, that, that guy is, is just another level. And then tank tank is tank tank's been the best player on our defense for seasons. Maybe Sean Lee in there a, a little bit, but for, for multiple seasons, tank has been our best player mm-hmm. and you're just bringing him back. Like Gregory has been great. Tank Lawrence better than Randy Gregory or has been. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like Tank from the last few years is better than even Gregory has been this year. And you're bringing that back into your game for the stretch run. Like uh, I am, I am very excited for that move. And Gallimore is just kind of like icing. He's another young defensive tackle to throw into the mix. So yeah, that that's, that's, it's going to be a good thing. Now that they survived it, knock on wood, if they can get these guys back for the stretch run, could be great for them to have them rested and not so beat up. You know, Frankie, Mike's talking about some key pieces being brought back to the defense. But when you look at this team, which group or unit on our team needs improvement in your eyes? You know, we, we've, um, we've kind of been going through the season and, and it seems like every week we – because we've done so well, you know, we got to figure out what's wrong, right? We got to, we got to pick on somebody and we've gone from maybe we need that depth in the defensive tackle. Uh, you know, we, maybe we need uh, people are freaking out about the, the backup quarterback, uh, you know, uh, definitely early on, especially after that Bucks game, the uh, CB number two was a, a big red flag. That's kind of taken care of a little bit of itself. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of bounced around. I actually, um, you know, on the ATB um, Twitter account, uh, the, you know, poll was out there and, and, and they, you know, we kind of crowdsourced. But did the followers think, you know, what, what, where do you see the weak links are? And, and there have been the common ones, you know, center. Everyone wants to replace Tyler. Everyone wants to replace uh, Connor. 
and, and to be honest, I, 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 they miss me with that because to me, we've been spoiled at the offensive line and Connor Williams would be a top performer on a lot of O-lines in this league. That's how weak the offensive line talent across the league is that someone like Connor, who we trash, is actually a pretty decent player somewhere else. Uh, and, and, and to me, you know, um, he's, he's not, uh, he's not going to be a pro bowler, you know, he's not going to be a Zach Martin, but he's definitely very, very serviceable and probably even better than that. And I trust, uh, I trust the coaches that they have seen both Connors in and out. Uh, Connor, um, McGovern is probably a better right guard and he probably is not a better left guard than, than, than Williams. And that's why he's in there. So, yeah, so, so there's some common denominators out there and a lot of common, uh, you know, usual suspects, you know, DT, backup quarterback, secondary, more like cornerback because our safeties have actually uh, surprised a lot of people out there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, you know, those kind of positions are the ones that keep buzzing in my mind. Mike, how about you? I just want to back up, uh, uh, Frankie. It's amazing how much credit will throw around to these coaches and how great Kellen Moore is great and Dan Quinn's making Philman. Look what he did with Terrence Steele and this and that. And then when they leave Connor Williams and Biotishan, they're like, what a bunch of idiots. Like, look how good they're doing. You don't think they know if, if like they just go, Oh, McGovern did snaps in college center starting center. He did snaps in college. Doesn't work that way. The, the, we don't trust the, this coaching staff, at least how much they've killed. We don't trust them to go. You know what? We've seen Connor at left guard uh, McGovern and Williams better left guard. We've seen Connor at center and, uh, and um, Tyler Biotis is a better center. And we like McGovern at right guard, but we have Zach Martin there and that's his best spot. So, I mean, just, to pick up with Frankie, I'm I'm completely with him on the whole. Like, just let let the coaches do their job. All right, guy. Okay, I do it I too. Still, we have a podcast. Sorry, we're, go we're ahead. suffering. We're suffering from uh, what was that thing you said last week? The PTJGSD. PTJG. Yes, yes. Under his regime, they were very, very, very stubborn to play young guys or to play, you know, guys that. You know, they kept rolling people out there that 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 they just, you know, maybe were not the very best in, in the depth chart, but they were too stubborn to make the move. And I think we we've experienced that for so long that we think that is still happening, but it isn't. This this coaching staff has proven that that's not the case. They'll they'll roll out the better player out there. You know? Look at where Jalen is right now. Look at, you know, um, uh, there's there's other examples. You you look at the, uh, the, the the limited snaps LVE is getting versus other players that they brought in, and that's a first round draft pick. You know, uh, under Garrett, they would have forced that first round draft pick on the field. Uh, that's 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 what I'll say on that. And I don't think this this coaching staff is as stubborn, and uh, and, and has has made good decisions that we may not see right right ahead, but when when the uh, you know when when all of the information is out there, it, it shows that hey, look, let them do their job. They know more than we do. They they have that day to day practice in and out, um, you know, tape out there. So, so uh, Mike, you know, I, I apologize. I didn't hear you. Did you, 
Was there a group reunion that you thought needed improvement? The group, uh, sorry, I wanted to go off on that tangent with Frankie. The group I'd say is linebacker. Um, our best linebacker has been Par Parsons, and he hasn't been great at linebacker. He's been much more impactful as an edge and rushing. They got rid of Jalen. LVE hasn't been very good. Keanu Neal has been okay. Uh, Cox hasn't played, but a couple of downs. Um, if you count Jaron Curse as a linebacker, because that's mm -hmm. where he plays, he's been the best linebacker. But he is a safety playing big nickel, you know, so I wasn't counting him in that group uh, with them. But even with him, I'd say that's our, our position that I would want to upgrade. And a lot of it has to do with, I look and like Francis Bernard's not upgrading our on the field unit. He's a special teamer, a good special teamer, but he's not on the field. DTs, I got Gallimore coming back. I got Tank, who's probably going to move inside on some downs when Parson and Randy Gregory are rushing off the edge. Um, on the back end, I got Kelvin Joseph coming. You know, so when I look at it in totality, I'm like, okay, this is what I have in the linebacker room. And the, the one that I have that I think is the best linebacker, not safety, I would rather play edge because I think he does more there. He's more impactful there. So, you know, that would be the, that would be the area of weakness for me. Now, I'm surprised to hear you say that, Mike, because, you know, here on my notes, I was, I want to say linebacker, but once we bring back Lawrence and Gallimore, I think that group will get better. You know, I'm going to say secondary because I feel like if anything were to happen to Anthony Brown, I think this team could be in trouble personally. Thank and you. I know you're excited about, about Kelvin Joseph coming back, but he, he still is very inexperienced himself. Yeah, he could be, but I don't, I don't hate Kennedy. I don't, I guess I don't, I don't, I think that Lewis, Kennedy, and Brown are all kind of, they're good. You scheme to help on their side yeah. and they'll be okay. And then you have Diggs on the other side. So I, I you know, or if, even if Joseph got in, he's not a veteran, but I think you could help Joseph enough to where, you know, an Antonio Brown might kill him, <clears throat> but I don't think he's going to get like killed regularly by just any receiver that lines up. Most, uh, cornerbacks are getting killed by Antonio Brown. Yeah, exactly. All year this year, getting yeah. Brown. All right, Frankie. You know when, when you uh, look at this team, it's obvious we need help in a couple of places. The the three positions I think address that need addressing the most are backup quarterback, defensive line, may, mainly maybe nose tackle, and another cornerback. So considering our you're our salary cap guru, let's go through the list and you tell us which players Dallas could realistically trade for without hurting their future salary cap space. Well, let's start with the backup quarterback. So, you know, that this is kind of, so the, um, you know, I mentioned earlier, the, 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 the win now is definitely a motivation. Gotcha. I understand, you know, they, they might think that this is, this year the stars are lining up to a way where, hey, look, maybe that one piece that Amari is out there where, where it just takes that team to, to another tier is out there. Um, and, and, but there's a risk, you know, because again, what, what is it gonna cost? Not only on the cap, but also assets that you may have to give up to get them. Um, you know, right now the, the, uh, the team is, is, is projected. So, so the next year's cap is supposed to be set at, a, at a no more than 208 million. 
And we are projected to be, it depends on, on where you look. If you go to over the cap or spot track, you're gonna have anything between 10 and 13 million in deficit um, going into that, that year. Uh, so that means that before the year starts, Dallas has to do something. And that does not count 20 expiring contracts currently on the 53. So that 13 million that we're in deficit, it doesn't even count those 20. It doesn't count um, 10 more. Um, so out of those 20, 10 are starters. Uh, six are significant contributors. You know, we got guys like, uh, let's, let's go over the list. You know, we got starters like Keanu Neal. We've got um, Urban. Watkins, his backup is another one. We've got Connor Williams. We've got KZ and Curse. Noah Brown, significant contributor. I mean, we've got some, a lot of names, Malik Hooker, Gregory, Gallup, Schultz. Uh, Randy is a restricted free agent, so they'll have, uh, you know, a tender that they can apply and, and avoid just letting him walk. But, uh, you know, he, he may be a candidate to just go ahead and, and, uh, and sign instead of tendering. Uh, but, but being a restricted free agent gives the team a little bit more leverage on him. Um, but basically, we really have a lot of hard decisions to make on players that we have right now. So if we go out for trade, we may be complicating that even more. Mm-hmm. So that, that's something that, that has to be kept in mind. Right, right. But if we were to do that, there are some, um, you know, there's some options out there. You know, I think the situation in, in, in Chicago where they, they have two previous starters as backups, uh, you know, we've got a, a friendly face there with Andy Dalton. He's an option. You know, he, he, he comes very, very cheap. I think his contract is like $2 million. So when he comes over, um, it, it'll be a prorated year, one-year rental. When we get him, you know, pay him whatever is, is left on his contract. And then when he walks and signs again, you know, we'll get another. We already got one comp pick for him. Maybe we'll get another one. Uh, yep. But, the, but the, the real one that I've wanted from the get-go that we missed out on may be an option again, and that's Garner Minshew. Garner Minshew is, uh, is over there in Filthy now. Of course, in, in division trades probably are, are a long shot, especially with, with, with you know, a, a team that our fan base isn't necessarily a fan of, but, um, but that team is looking horrendous. You know, they're, they are not in a win-now mode. They may be in a kind of reset and uh, and when they went out and got Garner, maybe they they had some some expectations that they you know that that they would need him, but I don't think they will. So Garner Mitchell's out there. His his contract is even cheaper than Dalton's. I think he I think his um, his base salary is 850k. Uh, he's also good for two years, so he he won't be just a one year rental. You you get to keep him for an additional year. Uh, and I think he's you know, uh, an, op- uh, an option worth exploring. Now, the uh, other positions that we talked about, you want me to go into those as well? Yeah, well, what about the defensive line? Okay, so defensive line, you know, um, I, have, I have a favorite. I have a fan favorite. This is a, a, a player that a lot of folks have linked or have wished for Dallas to go ahead and get. 
I know I know Pig is is a big fan of, but I'm gonna leave him for 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 a little bit later. But um, okay. so I'm gonna start off with the edge, the the players that on the edge kind of caught my attention is uh, Dante Fowler for the Falcons. So so let me let me backtrack. So in trying to get trades, you kind of want to look at teams that are in that you know fire sell mode and and they're not going to be picky. You know, they're not going to try to fleece you with, with trades or anything like that. They, any help that they get, they look, they're willing to do it. So, you know, you got some, you got some teams, um, Jacksonville, you've got Denver, you got Miami, surprisingly. I think that that's a team that's underperformed this year. And, and it's kind of a mess when it comes to, to their roster. And, and they may be looking at second guessing some decisions there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got the Texans, of course, you know, they, they've been linked to a lot of fire sales and the Falcons, you know, the Falcons, um, you know, they're, they're trying to play for the future. They're not playing for right now. So the name that really popped up on my radar was Dante Fowler. Uh, he is um, doing pretty well in, in Atlanta, actually. His, his, you know, I'm not a PFF guy, but his rating is, better than a lot of our edge rushers, you know, that we have on the team right now. And, uh, you know, he's familiar with Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn knows him. So he, he if he thinks much about him, you know, he, he might be a likely uh, option there. Um, and that's my edge guy. Um, the other option or the other name that it's it's been said out there, and I'll cover him just so you, you know. So Dante Fowler is a uh, $6 million dollar contract for this year so he he has an expiring contract he'll be a one-year rental for a six million proration uh, so he's not cheap you know, that's not a, uh, a typical rental but he's an edge so you kind of you gotta you gotta factor in what you're getting there mm-hmm. uh, and then let's go to the defensive tackle so the defensive tackle that that uh some teams have or some some fans have have connected us with is, is Grady Jarrett because of his connection with, uh, with Quinn. Mm-hmm. But I will tell you that he, he is not cheap. Um, the, uh, the problem with him is he has a $13 million contract. So we'll, we'll, we'll have to pay the remainder of that for this year. And then he has $16 million next year on the cap. He won't uh, be good we'll, here. Yeah, he, 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 he's just too expensive to come here. Now, Atlanta is definitely going to shop him because he will save them like $13.5 on the cap this year with very little um, of, of that money. And, uh, and, and they're really – if you think our $13 million is hurting us for next year, they're way – they're like in the 30 and $40 million deficit. So I think he is going to be shopped around. But I looked at him, and, and I just think he's going to be a, a bridge too far for us. Uh, and then I'll get to two names. Uh, one of them you probably have not heard is probably a long, uh, what is it, a, a, a pipe dream, and it's Fletcher Cox. Again, uh, not necessarily pipe dream because I don't think Philly would not move him. I think Philly is probably exploring at, at what they can do with him, but I don't think they will allow him to go to, to the Cowboys. Uh, if, he, if he were to be an option, he he's phenomenal because he has three years remaining on his contract. The way they structure his contract, he only hits like a million base and with some play bonuses. Uh, his contract right now is all on prorated bonuses. That all stays with Philadelphia. 
So you will basically get him at a league minimum price. Now, he, he probably won't play for you at that, but he does come over with a very, very, very friendly contract. Um, but I, I just threw his name out there because I have seen him on some trade shopping rumors, and I looked into him. And, uh, and again, we're, we're probably not a good home for him because they won't allow that. You know, they will not help us, you know, uh, with, with Fletcher Cox. And then my favorite, and uh, many, many reasons, I'll cover a few of them, and it's Quentin Williams. So on defensive <laughs> tackle, Quentin Williams, who, who is a you know, former number three round pick or, or number three pick on the first round, is only 23 years old. He is yeah. younger than Osa. He's, he's as young as, as Hill, I think, because I think Tristan is, is a puppy himself. He's, uh, he's just very, very young, still raw. Still kind of performs. Now, I will tell you, he was overdrafted, of course. You know, he's not going to ever probably be a number three guy in production. But he's going to be very, very, very good. And when you trade for him and you factor in that the Jets have already paid him his bonus, he's going to come to you very, very cheap. So, Quinnen Williams, 23 years old. He's already has four sacks on the year. He's, uh, he comes over with this year remaining next year and then you got the fifth year option uh so all of those things are going to be factored in with what he's going to cost you uh, as far as assets uh he's only he's only going to come with uh, a 50k in base salary because again his bonuses that that are on the jets cap stay with the jets don't come over to us and then the uh, final years at 965k so we'll get him for two years at paying him less than a million dollars per year on a rookie contract what would you um, very, give up very from, intriguing. What would so you that's give a, up that's, from? Well, I, I'm, I'm real stingy. And, and at this juncture, <laughs> yeah, I'm very stingy. So I, I, I would not make a good, uh, a good, I would, I would probably do a combination of a, maybe like a third round pick and a player, maybe something like Jay Lou or, or something like that. But I, I don't want to go any higher than that. And, and I'm reaching with the third. And, and, the, and again, the third, I don't want to do it, but I, I, I do know this window is, is right there in front of me. And he is, he is, if we like what Osa is doing, I think he is, he's doing on the Jets better than what Osa is doing for us. He, he is. He's not doing a, a third pick in the draft good. Because I don't think he'll let, he he hasn't not, he's not performed that, but but he is a very dynamic player and very young, very raw. You get him under under this coaching staff who has really developed that position very well on on our roster, and and I really really like him. So he's he is my favorite defensive line prospect to reach for. How about uh, uh, the sixty fourth pick in next year's draft? And the third round comp pick you get for Michael Gallup for Quentin Williams. All day, every day. 64th pick is, is the a, second round, our second, second round, round pick because we yeah. won the Super Bowl. So we picked 62nd, <laughs> 64. And then Michael Gallup gives us a third round comp pick in 2023. So it costs you two top 100 picks, but 64. And uh, and then the, the third, so a late third because it's a comp pick. It's it's very intriguing, and I think, and and I think, 
in a trade with the Jets, we're probably going to have to overpay a bit because, you know, we don't have the best relationships with them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Joe Douglas coming out of Philly, he, he kind of has a, an axe to grind uh, with, with Steven, it seems like. So we are going to have to overpay. So maybe what you're proposing is probably what it's going to take and, and maybe even more, maybe even more. Yeah, I could see Sony giving up a couple of seconds for Quentin Williams. I, I don't I don't see a first position value, but yeah, I think second and third would be your earliest. Sorry, what's what do we got next? I apologize. I just wanted to get that out of you. No, get no, that, that, that's good. So so another position that um that, that we were discussing was uh, on the we initially said quarterback D line. And then the secondary. So the secondary, uh, this is where you kind of, you know, you already drafted two guys that you want to kind of, you know, project them into the future here. So you don't really want to do anything that commits you to too long or, or have to spend a lot. And there's a, there's a lot of good options out there, some familiar names that we've seen in the past. And the name that comes up is someone like, uh, like Des King. Des King, you know, who's been linked with us in, in the offseason for, for a few. He's a slot guy, which uh, – but but he also can play outside. I mean, he, he's, he's kind of versatile. He's in the Texans. Again, Texans are very amenable to kind of, you know, hearing a lot of trade offers. So Des King is on a one-year rental. He's a $2 million base in his uh, proration, so he, he comes cheap. You know, he, he, he's going to be music to Steven's ears. Another name is uh, uh, his teammate, Vernon Hargraves, is also a uh, one-year rental, expiring contract. Um, I think he's more of an outside player. Uh, the popular name that's out there in trade connections uh, was two of them. One of them, Joe Hayden, was linked to us. I, I don't like that idea. He has an unfriendly contract. He has a $7 million. Uh, and I think um, what Paul said earlier about the uh, – chemistry within the team i i don't think i want to bring in that season of a of a veteran into this mix um i don't think that's a good blend there uh, but uh another name is kyle fuller uh who's uh falling out of favor in uh in denver uh he's i think he, i don't know if he was benched but i think he was a a healthy scratch for this past game and, you know, he's a two-time pro bowler. So in the past, he's been able to produce. It seems like he, he's just not gelling with this coaching staff. So um, his numbers are are a bit more tricky because he, he, again, you know, he's uh, he's more of a quality guy. But I think he, he has a $9 million contract that expires this year. So he'll be a one-year rental. You can't just bring him in and, and, and let that count pick be the the deciding factor or or bring them in for a uh, longer term that's my only reservation with him that he's he's a young guy has, has talent in the past has potential to be and he's not one of those quick fixes so you, you you would have to decide whether he's a is he going to be a stopper for um for a right or or something like that you know you gotta just look at that but Kyle Fuller has been a popular name in trade discussions out there now, Broncos at the first of the year were being um, uh, try, trying to drive a hard bargain. They were asking for like third rounders or above, but I think their price is probably coming down right now. In the in the in the uh, you know in the as as the trade deadlines get 
get closer and closer. So let's see, anything else? Uh, I even looked into Byron because I don't think Byron's going to survive the next offseason there. I think, I think he's going to be a casualty cap. Um, was that a casualty or, or trade asset for them? Um, either him or, um, or, or his, what is it, Zayvon Howard, who's mm-hmm. kind of discontent there for a little bit. You know, both of them, they'll move one of the two. They, they'll move one of the two. But, but Byron is not an option. I mean, he's $13 million contract. Um, it, it's, it's the range that I was willing to pay for him when he was here. But he actually has not played like he played here. He has not been the same Byron that we know. Um, at least what, you know, from – I don't watch a lot of those games, but, but the, the, the PFF scores of him here, PFF scores of him there are, are stark difference. Stark difference. My- Mike, what are your thoughts on the, on these players? Kyle Fuller is the guy you want. Uh, you don't need him for more than one year. One year is fine. Uh, I'm not going to complain, but he has the ability to be a cornerback one. He, he's good. He's a good player. Uh, that would be the one. I was going to say Dalton because I just – he knows Kellen Moore's system. He's played here. They won games already. And if the, you know, a cap strains turned into anything that you needed to sit a Dak a couple games, Dalton could, uh, you know, win you a few games. So I like Dalton. I like Fuller personally. Uh, those are my two. Fuller especially. Well, of the players listed, who would you pick? Fuller. I like Fuller a lot. And I think, I think Frankie's right. I think an overpay now would be if somebody – was a contender and uh, and was like, I'll give you a third for him, you know, to make your big move. The way Carolina tried to get um, Gilmore mm-hmm. before Sam Darnold, Sam Darnold. So, yeah, I would, mm-hmm. I would, I would give a comp third in the 2023 or a day three pick, a fourth, fifth round this coming year and try to get Kyle Fuller from them. How about you, Frankie? You have the three. Of the players you listed, who would you who would you you can only pick one? Who would you like to come to Dallas? Well, it excuse me. I think I think I like Quinnen the most, mm-hmm. but I think he's going to be harder to get. Right, right. Um, because again, you know, he has that position that that the building probably thinks they've invested in young guys in already. Yeah, so he's yeah. probably not the top name they have. Kyle Fuller is very, very attractive. I mean, he he would immediately come in and and upgrade. Uh, it, it, again, he's not playing that well this year, but he has in the past. So maybe a change of scenery will get his former self. Exactly. But basically, yeah. you know, if he, if if you can get AB to be your slot mm-hmm. guy, make J. Lou your backup, or or throw J. Lou in the mix of, of the trade. You know, send send J. Lou in the third, or or something to that. You know, something that guarantees you getting him back. Right. I, if I had to pick between keeping J. Lou and A. B., I'll keep A. B. I think A. B. is is more versatile. He, he's he's a better slot guy anyway, so he's actually going to go go to a position he's better fit for. And then we upgrade on C. B. Two for now, and then we we'll still get you know Joseph to develop behind him. Yeah, I'd have to I like that idea. You, you know, I, I would agree with both you and my guy. Uh, strengthening that that uh, secondary unit and. and putting somebody next to, to Trayvon Diggs, a, a, a solid cornerback too. I think that could really elevate this team and take this defense to the next level. So 
uh, you know, Kyle Fuller, I, you know, I don't know how uh, realistic that is, but, you know, maybe it might be interesting to keep, you know, keep your eye on that name and, and see if anything happens as we uh, get close to, to trade season here. But, you know, Frank, oh, he's definitely look, on the block. He is, he's, he is, he is very, on the block. very okay. much on the block. Yes. And he's I very think, much. Sorry, go ahead, Frankie. Well, I was going to say he, he hadn't, he had received trade offers preseason and they played hardball and, and, and didn't let him go. But with the recent events of him basically being benched and, uh, uh, you know, something's going on in that, in that building, he, he is definitely on the, on the block. Uh, it's just a matter of, are they going to, are they going to get the right offer and, and who he goes to? And he can play inside and out. So, you know, you can play him on the outside. And then when somebody brings in a third wide receiver, slide him over and Joseph might be able to go outside. Or if you'd rather have fuller outside, maybe Joseph can play a little in. He definitely has the athletic ability to do it. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I like fuller a lot. Well, you know, Frankie, you, you said earlier that this team has definitely exceeded expectations. That, you know, I, I, I would have to agree with you there. It's exceeded my expectations as well. But when you look at this team, are, are we a piece away from being a contender, you think? I think so. I think I think the the biggest factor to how deep we're gonna go with this team is gonna be health. It's gonna be injuries, it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a battle of attrition. Whoever stays the healthiest for the rest of the way, out of all of those five and one teams that are in there and the six and oh teams on, on the NFC. Injuries, health, that's who's going who's gonna to stay at the top because I think we can play with any of them. Mm -hmm. There's not a team in the league that I – problem is who are we taking? You know, which 48 are we taking on Sunday? And, and if it's our be very, very best 48, uh, we can match up with anybody. Mike, what about you? I, I just don't understand why we need – our our player to come back is tank. We're not a player away. We're a contender now. We have Dak Prescott, not a quarterback playing better than him in the NFL. Not right now. So you can take Mahomes if you want to go who's the best quarterback, you know, or you can take Aaron Rodgers. Um, that's fine. But as far as playing the position, there's people as good, but there's nobody better right mm -hmm. now than Dak playing in the NFL. And when you have that, you're automatically a contender. So I think they're a contender right now, and I think Demarcus Lawrence, for people that don't know who I'm calling Tank, what, you know, come on, people, how do you not know <laughs> that? But if you don't know, Tank is Demarcus Lawrence, and I believe him coming back is that piece that you need. You know, I, I think we are, you know, as, as good as Tank is, I still feel like I would like to see another veteran you know, a, a better piece next to, to Diggs there at, at the uh, cornerback too spot. I really would. And, you know, you, you guys know me. I, I like Anthony Brown probably more more than both you guys. But I still think um, we, we need another solid cornerback because Kelvin Joseph, he might not be ready till, till playoff time to be a real contributor for this team, I don't think. Would you be shocked if we beat Tampa Bay with our team right now? In the playoffs? Yeah. No. I would, um, when man. you say right now, counting the guys coming back, you mean? Yeah. Or, yeah. Or with I, the I team we have shot. or with the additions of Gallimore and Tank? Our squad. Our squad in the playoffs 
with Tank and Gallup back, would you be shocked if we beat Tampa Bay? Not if we not if we had you know Collins, Gallup, and Tank back. Gallup more. No. Green Bay. Oh to God, no. No. But How if, about Rams. No. Cardinals? Because I think uh, I think the Rams' biggest advantage is McVay, and we have a McVay on our side already. And that and that is why we're a contender now. Even yeah, I with think on any given Sunday, we can we can take all those teams. But I, I really think do. about well, sorry, I was going to say I, I look at Tampa Bay. You look at their coaching staff. You look at the players and the the run that they had last year, and already the veteran pieces they have. They have the skins on the wall, so I feel like they're experience would give them the edge over over the team without uh, a Lawrence and a Gallimore and a Gallup and a, and a Collins. Yeah, I agree. I mean, people forget we played if you take away position value, we almost, we we messed up a game against Tampa where they were getting their rings, their home opener, had all offseason to get ready and we blew that game. We, we didn't even lose to them even the rest with the OPI call. But I mean, mm -hmm. we missed, we dropped passes in the end zone. We missed, you know, Dak threw a little late, you know, to the sideline, all that. And we played the game without our best player. There was no Zach Martin in that game. That's crazy. That's why they didn't run the ball at all. They didn't even try because yeah. they know Vita Van Sue without Zach Martin's no way. They almost beat him so like. I'm not saying I'd pick Dallas to win that game. Tom Brady's still Tom Brady. Tampa Bay is a very talented team. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not sitting there going, we're not winning that. I, I might pick Dallas if no, we're but, healthy. Tampa Bay at full strength, Dallas at full strength. I think if they, they played 10 times, it would be five to five. I agree. What about yes. you, Frankie? That, that That's better to say, yes. Uh, and, Saints uh, 13-10. Sorry. Go ahead. Really Just bring that in there. Freaking Grody. All right, Mike. Dallas strengths where in the NFC? Uh, second. I gave Bucks the top spot because they won the Super Bowl and okay. they beat us week one. Okay. And it's just a respect thing. They earned it. They earned the top spot. Uh, so then we're after them because I don't see another team. I'm not afraid of Green Bay. I don't think their defense is anything special. I don't think they have the weapons we have. And I think our quarterback now is playing at a level where I don't go, oh, but they have Aaron Rodgers. Like I have every year with Dak and Romo. I've mm -hmm. done that every year, but they have Aaron Rodgers. Not anymore. I don't. Rams have Matt Stafford. We got someone better. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, the Arizona has Kyler Murray. We have someone better. Now, Kyler Murray's dangerous, dangerous because of his legs, but but he, we, he plays better quarterback, Dak does. Mm -hmm. So there's, he's second to me. Frankie, how about you? Team rankings or players? Uh, uh, yeah, where do you have the Dallas Cowboys ranked in the NFC? Man, it has really gone back and forth. Um, I actually don't have the Bucks up the top. I, 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 I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep Arizona there. They, they're the ones that have not lost until they Fair. lose. I'm gonna give them that position, and then I have the Bucks, and then I have us. Hey, okay. So I have us as number three, and again, it, it can very well be six because I do think that Green Bay and uh, and the Rams um, match up, you know, uh, on any given day as well. But but I think right now, I'll give us a slight edge because we we still haven't found a team that can that can that can figure us out for an entire game. 
And uh, and I think you know they're gonna pick their poison, and then we're gonna kill them with with whatever they don't pick. Don't well, tell I, Jessica Haggerty or whoever that person is on Twitter that just annihilated me that you have them that low, Frankie. <laughs> Third, you might get shot out. Sorry, Paul. No, you're but fine. You like like Frankie? I have Arizona number one, but I have Dallas right there at number two. I, I need to see a little bit more from the Rams in Tampa Bay because the Rams. They, while, while they're good, they haven't played a lot of good teams. And Tampa Bay, again, you know, they, they won the Super Bowl and everything. But they're kind of dealing with some injuries. Their secondary is not very good. And they haven't really played the best teams either. So, uh, Question. I just – just I understand the rankings. Who would you rather play in the playoffs, Arizona or Tampa Bay? Oh, geez. I think I'd rather play – I mean, I'd rather play Arizona. The only reason being is – Tom Brady, man, he's always lucky getting calls. I mean, he's like the NFL darling. Agree with that. What about Rams or Arizona? Rams. Rather play Rams? I think I'd rather play the Rams because we played them before. And I I think our, our secondary matches up better with, with their wide receivers. And Green Bay. And then the same questions to Frankie. Green Bay or Arizona? Green Bay or Arizona? I think I'd rather play Arizona in all of your questions. Really? Okay. But you, yeah, still, I, but you guys still have But I had them number one. But I had them number one. But I, I think it's all about matchups. You know, I think, you know, matchups and, and, uh, and you know, but, but having said that, you know, Kyler is like our kryptonite. And, you know, we have not been able to figure that guy out. And he loves playing in our station. I mean, in our stadium. But uh, but I think I fear the Rams and Packers more than I fear Arizona. To be honest, in, in a playoff setting, I do fear them more. That's you know thing. what? Go ahead, Paul. No, I was going to say the thing with Arizona. It's you, you look at Kyler Murray, but then you look at their wide receivers. You've got the alpha dominant uh, guy and DeAndre Hopkins, and you've got the solid wide receiver too, and AJ Green, who's a veteran who's still got something left in the tank, and then you've got Christian Kirk who is a dynamic slot receiver. And then they've got the fourth option with Rondell Moore, who can do a lot behind the line of scrimmage. They can get real creative with him. I just don't feel like they, their pieces are so unique. I don't know if our secondary can, can really handle all those guys, their different skill sets. Go but, ahead, Michael. Uh, sorry. No, what I want to know is this is – I'm sorry. I know these aren't on the show sheet, but I'm just interested in, in your guys' thoughts. We play Arizona week like 15, something like that. It's one of the yeah. last games of the year. 17, I thought. Or 17. Like 17, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Do you go all out against them and try to beat them? We can't beat Kyler Murray. We need to show them, whoop them, you know, beat their ass. Or do you kind of like, oh, I'm not going to show these guys everything. I'm not going to show them a thing, dude. I'm not going to show them anything cool. at all. What if the number one seed's on the line? Ugh. Which is very, very, very likely. That's a good. That's At least possible. Very possible, it's, right? It's, point, it's pointing in that direction. Yes. I don't know because I mean, you think about it. What's more important, the number one seed, or you know, if you have to face them in the playoffs, do you like not want to give them any good film? You know what I mean? So you're saying it's a great question. Thank you. Exactly. Paul. <laughs> I'm, I'm. Oh, it is. I'm stalling trying to figure out an answer. Frankie, what do, what do you got? Yeah, it is a very, really good question, and and I may not. I think I think obviously. The the lockup, 
the top pick and that buy is really, really important, especially with the new format. So yeah, I yeah. think that's going to be my priority right now mm-hmm. to get that extra week that no one else gets. That's going to be my priority, number one. And then maybe how I get there, maybe we don't have to go all out and show all the cards, you know, um, but I really, really would want to win the, the number one seat if that's, at, at, if that's in question. Well, Mike, you're the football brain. What are you doing? All right. Well, I'll say this. We can all agree that if it's not the top seed, then you're not showing them shit, right? If we're not going for the number one seed, we don't care where we rank two through four. Right. Well, then what I would do is I'm with Frankie. I, I think the, the issue people have is the JGS, uh, you know, the PTS JGD, the post-traumatic stress, Jason Garrett disorder. Um, they think, well, we don't really need to buy because our, our coach, Mike McCarthy, now go look at his record when he gets an extra week. He's he's not Belichick or Andy Reid, but he's pretty fucking good. Mm-hmm. And so I want to give Kellen Moore and uh, and Mike McCarthy and Dan Quinn a week to watch everybody and come up with a game plan. So yeah. if I'm them, I'm trying to win that game if it's for sure for the number one seed. Anything else, I ain't showing them shit. Mm-hmm. I'm going to piggyback off you guys here a little bit, too, because I think if number one seed's on the line, yeah, I give them everything I have to try to secure that because, you know, you talk about a, a team showing their cards. I feel like Kellen Moore and Mike McCarthy, they don't have just a couple of cards. They probably have a couple of decks. Yeah. Agreed. Mm-hmm. All right, Frank, where do you have Dallas ranked in the NFL? Oh, shoot. I tell you, if I have them three in the NFC, I think I only – I may keep them at three. I don't have an NFC team above those three. I don't. Okay. Even the Bills. I, I think the Bills is they, – they'll fall somewhere between five-ish. Oh, interesting. The NFC is king this year for some reason. Oh, yeah. They're looking good. The NFC is looking very dominant this year. AFC, it's like the Bills – and the, the Titans have kind of, you know, they've Titan, really surprised Titans are coming back. But it's like the, the Bills and the Titans and, you know, who else? No, oh, you know, the Cincinnati Bengals are looking really good, right? I mean, yeah. but how, how serious yeah. are they, you know? Mike, how about you? Keeping them at two. I'm right with Frankie. I'm not, I'm not changing it. Uh, and uh, the real thing is Buffalo is obviously the team that you're, if you're going to move them down at all, the way Kansas city's defensive plan, you can't put them. My thing with Buffalo is I just think Dak's better. And when it comes down to it, I think yeah. Buffalo is a better defense, but yeah. Dallas creates turnovers. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I trust Dak to do more against Buffalo's defense than not that Josh Allen won't cut us up a little bit, but he, but we might get him you know, once or twice, you know, and also they're very like, we're two dimensional, you know, if they want to play back, we'll eat you up running. You want to come up and stop the run. We'll pass all over you. You, you ain't that good to stop our weapons on their side. I ain't scared of Zach Moss and Devin Singletary. They don't, they don't give them the ball regularly like that. They don't have that kind of line either that could, that could push you around. So I'm keeping Dallas number two with a nod that Buffalo could be better um, I, I don't, I don't hate that. If you put Buffalo ahead, like if you do that, Paul, I wouldn't be like, oh, you're crazy. I'm not that Jessica girl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to get some insight on this Jessica girl. 
But yeah, yeah I mean, Twitter. I have uh, I have Dallas at third in the NFL. Buffalo's defense has been playing really well all season. I think the gap between Buffalo and Dallas is very, 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 very slim. I mean, this could change day by day, but when I had my notes out, when I was doing this, I had Buffalo just the slightest of edges over Dallas, man. And I don't think overall that their team is, man, you know, looking at their weapons on offense, they're not close to as good as Dallas's. It's it's crazy because Tennessee walked in and whooped up on Buffalo, then went into Kansas City and whooped their ass, almost shut them out. And then everybody's like, yeah, yeah, Buffalo, Kansas City. Like, like if I put another team up there, I probably wouldn't even pick Tennessee. I'd be like, Kansas City, just on the chance they turn it around. It's still early in the year, and they have such a great team that that would be the other team that I'm like, by playoff time, they might be better. But it's funny that Tennessee whooped everyone's ass. How did they lose to the Jets? What happened? I don't know. I mean, you look at Tennessee, they had a kind of rough start to the season. You look at Atlanta, they had a rough start to the season. They both won, what, four in a row now? I mean, you just never know, man. Yep. So, you know, Mike, what did you learn about this division during the bye week? I learned that the the quarterback, uh, uh, the quarterback and, and coaches kind of matter. Like, um, if, you, <laughs> if you look through Brady and Arians, Arians offensive, you know, minded coach Brady, uh, Rodgers and LaFleur, offensive minded coach, great quarterback, uh, Kyler and Arizona, Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray. Rams and McVeigh with Stafford and then Dak with, with uh, Kellen Moore. I think that the NFC's King, as Frankie had just said, mm-hmm. and I think it comes down to, they have the offensive guru coaches with the quarterbacks that can pull off their systems. And that's why they're the best team. So that's, that, that's my big thing from the bye week day quarterback coaches killing it right now in the NFC. Frankie, what'd you learn this week? Did you did you ask uh, in the NFC or in the NFC? No, did, what did you just what did you learn about the division? Oh, that that it's a dumpster fire. It's you know <laughs> we we're gonna probably seal this by Thanksgiving. Should yeah, and if not, I'll be disappointed. <laughs> but it's a dumpster fire. I was I, I kind of it pissed me off that the Giants won, but we're probably you know we're we're definitely you know leaps and bounds better than anyone else in the division. Mm, yeah. uh, maybe this there is there there is something to this jinx that there's no back-to-back uh, champion in the in the, because every time a division winner they come back the next year and they, and they flop so maybe there is something to that jinx you know what I learned is Frankie you mentioned it earlier Dallas is going to have some some tough decisions to make in the offseason but if Jerry and Steven can keep our core group of players Kellen Moore and Dan Quinn together I feel like Dallas could potentially have a dynasty on their hands, though. They had, I, I'll just say I skipped ahead on accident to the next question. That's how bad our division is. <laughs> I was like, I don't even think I wrote down, like, what'd you learn about the division? They're trash. They have no good quarterbacks and they have bad defenses and they're horrible. Hey, well, Mike, uh, Frankie, what did you learn about the NFC during the bye week? Well, I said it earlier. I think the NFC is is starting to distance itself from from that top ten ranking. I think uh, this, uh, you know, we we're not going to have it easy if we do get into the tournament because I think all the teams that are going to be in the playoffs 
all are going to be formidable. I, I do think this is going to be a tough year, even though our division is a cakewalk. Mike, how about you? Well, NFC, I kind of went over it, the quarterback and, and, and coach combos. So that's, that's what I learned from the NFC. They're all, there's, there's five like great teams and it's all because they have great head coaches, offensive minded and quarterbacks Mm -hmm. that, that can run the system. I'm kind of right there with you. I I feel like I just, I learned that there are only really about four teams that are actually serious contenders in the NFC to me, at least. Yeah, I agree. Well, you know, moving it right along, here we are with our uh, top five. And shout out to Adam of the Star Boys Network for this week's top five. You can find Adam on Twitter at Hoop DeVille. Be sure to give him and the Star, Star Boys Network a follow. So because of Halloween being right around the corner, Adam wanted us to discuss our top five slasher movies. So, uh, Frankie, you're the guest. You start us off. What's your, number five, what's your, what's your uh, fifth favorite slasher movie? You know, I don't, I don't even know what a slasher movie is. I don't think I like this genre. Is it, is it, <laughs> is this a horror movie or is this? A... Yeah, like Friday the Thirteenth, Michael Myers. Oh, I, I don't like any of those movies. So, you... so just throw, just throwing any name and no, I don't. I do not watch horror movies. Oh, really? I stopped okay. watching. I stopped watching them maybe when I was maybe fifteen years old. Well, here I thought you were being sarcastic there for a second, Frankie. But wow, no, no, okay. I, I, I know them. I know the movies, but I, I, I'm not a fan of that genre. I got you. I do not. The Freddies and the and the Jasons and stuff. I, yeah, I gave those up a long time ago. Those are an acquired taste. I will say that. Well, since Frankie, since you're going to sit this out, of Adam was kind enough to provide his, us with his list, and at number five he has Leatherface, aka the Chainsaw Massacre. Mike, how about you? What's number five for you? All right, so I did two separate lists because at first it said top five slasher movies, mm-hmm. and then I read Adam's list and he gave all characters. So do you want the characters that that I, the five top slasher characters I like, or do you want the top five movies? Movies. Okay, movies. Number five is Ravenous. Okay, what is that? It is a movie about a army sergeant who who. They're on this job. They run into a cannibal played by Robert Carlyle. And they believe that when you eat the person, you get their power and everything. It's crazy a lot. I know I'm I'm the one guy that me and my little brother, the only two that are like love that movie. Okay. And so that that's how it is. I'm I'm actually kind of I like slasher movies, but I'm with Frankie. I'm not like uh like I don't do the ghost movie stuff, so I more like the character like the characters that play the certain things. Yeah, yeah. So I like Robert Carlyle. He was uh j- he was sixth on my list of of slasher characters. Okay. So his character Colonel Ives uh is amazing. So you know, I uh Frank, I don't know if you've seen this one, Mike. I, I can almost guarantee that you have. But number five on my list is a movie called Hush on Netflix. I believe it's a Netflix original. I haven't seen it yet. You haven't seen that movie, Hush, dude? It's on my list, but I haven't watched it. I don't like horror movies. I'm with Frankie, so they don't go high on my list. Well, okay, I'll tell you this. It's not gory at all. It's an original one. It's it's good, man. It's really good. It's more of it's more suspense and not so much gory or horror. All right. I'll watch it. I have it on my list. I just haven't watched it. Do you have that on your list, Frankie? You're gonna watch that one? 
I don't think I've heard of that one. I, I love suspense and thrillers. I, I psychological thrillers and things like that. Hey, I do love that genre. Frankie, I, I promise don't like the watch hush, dude. You'll like it. I promise yeah. you. I'm trying to see if I even remember, like, who, who's in it? Like, any character? Nobody that... nobody famous. No A-list celebrities or anything. Okay, I'm going to have to I, look it up because I... There was uh, no, like, doesn't ring a bell or anything. I don't think it ever hit theaters or anything like that. I believe it's, like, a Netflix original. Almost positive on that, but it's a really good movie. So, you know, moving on to number four. Number four for me, I'm, I, Mike, I'm sure you're going to hate this. But I have, I know what you did last summer. I used to, I used to, I actually used to have the biggest crush on Jennifer Love Hewitt. Didn't we all, sir? <laughs> Bro. Exactly. You, you used don't understand. to. Hey, y'all. You me, used to. Hey, listen, me and my friend Muhammad, no, this is no lie. We went on a trip to LA to get the star maps to try to meet Jennifer Love Hewitt. Not really. Were you successful? Hell no, we weren't successful. We didn't know what the fuck we were doing. We were just hanging out. We had no idea. Driving around like idiots in LA. Morons. No clue what we were doing. We're talking young. Like we were, I don't even know if we were 18. Like we were oh, okay. somewhere. We weren't 20. I know mm. that. We we're somewhere in that really young. Like I was like, I didn't, I hadn't even drank at that point, which I know 21, but you know, people that do that. I right. hadn't ever smoked. Like I was like, super religious kid till i was like 18 oh wow and okay yeah you would you'd be shocked me pre-18 and me post 22 mm -hmm. just two different, different people, people right oh yeah like like opposite ends so yeah we i i had that kind of crush like magazines of her that was that was that was that girl for me back then so <laughs> I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like she had a pretty infamous Maxim cover. I don't know why that is, but I feel like she had one of like the when Maxim in its heyday, she had one that was like, you know, regarded as one of the greats. I guess I'm I'm pretty sure I have that. Really? I'm not. I don't go looking at them. And oh, of course. Now, but I'm pretty sure if I went looking through my old like magazines and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I have. I have that. I have a, Ma a Maxim magazine of her, and I think I had a book that, like, she wrote. Oh, uh, really? Like that, or wrote about her. Yeah, I'm telling you, like a huge crush. So, uh, what, what, what are your thoughts on that movie? Though I know what you did last summer. I actually like those. They didn't make my list, but I even liked the second one, which I, I don't think was as good. It wasn't as but, good, but yeah, uh, still a solid movie. Yeah, yeah, I like those, and they had an underrated cast like Sarah Michelle Gellar, Ryan Phillippe. You know, um, I thought they were kind of ripoff of of movies that I, I that I would be willing to bet we both have coming up on our list. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it was good. I liked it. I mean, obviously, I liked it. I like, bro. I get. Oh, God, this is so embarrassing. I was a kid, guys. Give me a break. Like, good, like we were all I kids. Teenager. I could tell you like the time of the movie where you could see Jennifer Love Hewitt's thong through. The outfit like that kind of crush bro <laughs> paul is, yeah paul is getting a kick out of this look at him yeah he loves it because he knows that part <laughs> that's why he's like yep it was when they walk out of the thing in the shower and it's written in the steam yeah oh. he knows so, okay, so gonna be like yeah that's at 106.235 <laughs> 
Frankie's like, maybe I am going to watch a horror movie tonight. <laughs> well, I've seen those. Those I have seen. Awesome. Okay. So, do you like that type of movie, Frankie? Uh, again, I used to way back, but I, okay. I, I, I no longer watch them. I mean, um, I think um, I think the closest thing to that that I probably watched was the uh, the butterfly effect. You know, I think some of those movies came out around that time. That now those movies were interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but but um, but I did, of course, I I probably have watched a lot of things that she's been on. I got you. Well, uh, Mike, what's number four on your list, sir? Um, I'm probably stretching. I'm really stretching the slasher movie genre. Like I thought about just putting American Psycho here because it's more. Oh, dude. Even even though that's not even really a slasher movie, that's not a you slasher. know, per se. Right, right. But I'm going with the movie Identity, which I it's one of the best all time. One of the ultimate like um, thriller movies. Mm-hmm. And it's the one where John Cusack and a really good cast of people that you guys will go, that guy. Yes. You don't know his name, but you're like, oh, I love that guy. Based in the hotel, right? Yeah. Based Dude. in the hotel. And the person has, well, I mean, I don't want to give it away for, for people that haven't there's seen it. There's a twist. Let's just say there's a twist, right? It, and it's brilliant. And there is a killer in it. Yeah, so, that's true. You know, and, it, and, it, and so it is more of a slasher movie than American Psycho. And that's why I put it in. But if I'm being honest, that's kind of a, I just love that movie and it has killings in it. And, and so I wanted to get it on my list. So man, I love that movie. It's all Frankie. If you haven't seen that, you'll like that. That's not a, that's a twist movie, not a straight horror movie. Definitely watch identity. Yeah, for sure. I think, is that a, that's not a, uh, 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 was it M. Night Shyamalan movie, is it? Mm-mm, no, no. No, oh, okay. no you're, okay. that's Lady in the Water, which I oh. also love. Okay. Uh, everybody hates yeah, that. I'm, I'm like, I might have to put that because it does sound interesting. I, identity, I promise you. So good, dude. Will, you, you will love that movie. It, it's like top 10, like movies type of movie. That's really freaking gotcha. good. And it has, I mean, even when you've watched it once, it has, it's so good. It has great rewatchability too, regardless yeah, of knowing know the ending. Yes, when you know the twist, it's good. Well yeah. acted, Ray Liotta and John Cusack and Amanda Peet and five other, Jake Busey, five other people that you're like, oh yeah, that guy, he's awesome. You know, yeah. the guy from Scrubs and it, it's John C. McGinley. It, it's great. Yeah, it really is. So on number four on Adam's list, it's going to be, Mike, I believe this is one of your favorites, the original Candyman. Yes, almost made my list. I probably could have put Candyman over Ravenous, but like Ravenous is one nobody's gonna know, and it's like I could get it out there, yeah. you know. But because the money picked my Todd, interest. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, and and a lot of people watch it and think it's terrible because it's from the '90s, so I'll feel like an idiot. But that Tony Todd's original Candyman's the only movie in the history of movies ever to scare me, ever in my life. Tony Todd is is all time, and that first Candyman, mm. I wasn't saying that shit. To this day, I don't say that shit. Why? I don't, think, you get out of it? I don't think I've ever started that movie and watched it to the end just because it's like, okay, this is too creepy. And I've definitely still to this day have never gone to the bathroom with the lights off and said his name in the mirror. No. Frankie, you seen Candyman? Way back. The original, yes. Yeah, the original. Yep. Man, Tony Todd. Just, mm. 
Tony Todd's a great voice for that. Just perfect. So uh, number three on Adam's list, he has Norman Bates, a.k.a. Psycho. Great one. Which Classic. I don't know if y'all watched this, but I love Bates Motel, the series. Great. Dude. Loved it. Incredible. Underrated uh, Psycho 2. Also underrated. If you haven't seen that, it's pretty cool how they how they how they flip the story of it and how he gets out mental hospital and then like you find out some crazy things about the first movie and then it it has a big like thing at the end and everything. So hmm. yeah, not as good as the original, but Psycho Two is definitely worth watching. Very very, very interesting. Uh, number three on my list is going to be in Halloween Kills. Very recent. That was bloody. That was good. They did. They did a good job with that movie. I know a lot of people didn't really care for the uh, choreographed fight scenes and everything, but I thought overall, when you think about the story and and just the uh, the story, the characters, and the you know, and and the scenes, I thought it was a great, fantastic movie. You got that from me. I wasn't one for the choreographed fighting, but I I didn't. It didn't like ruin anything or like, oh, this makes it. It was just like something that I was like, okay, I wasn't a big fan of, but it wasn't like I was dwelling on it. Like, oh, how yeah. can you do that? Like, it was fine. It's just not something that I was like, that was cool, right? Like, it wasn't for me, but the man, the knife through that dude's eye. So oh. I, just, I guess for me, it kind of like elevated Michael Myers as, as the killer. You know what I mean? It, it was the best Halloween movie that if you were looking at it through which one had the best Michael Myers? This yeah. one by a million was the best, even better than the original. Yeah. Mike, what's number three on your list? Uh, number three on my list is Scream. <laughs> uh, when I did the uh, the characters list, Stuart, who's the ghost face played by Matthew Lillard, was my second favorite. I, I Great actor, I, dude. Oh, I love his character, too, when he's like, uh, did you really call the police? My mom's going to be so mad at me. Yo, man. Yeah, like, dude. I literally, anytime I, every single time, I'm not even exaggerating. Anytime I say this, I do it just like this. I'll be right back. <laughs> every time. There's never, I don't even do the Arnold. Like every time. I, yeah. I just, I love that character. And uh, and Wes Craven, as oh, you'll man. see as we go forward, my is my guy. So um i love wes craven i love what he did with the spoofs on those please tell me you 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 watched scream frankie i have i have seen scream the first one i don't think i stayed with the franchise but i i watched the original it's a solid franchise man and i think even scream five is gonna be really freaking good dude i will be going to see it yeah for sure so uh mike what, what is number two on your list uh number two is saw Hey, I know that the okay. torture one. It, it saw that first saw when 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 dude gets off the ground. I mean, just a, it, there's nobody I've ever seen, and I would call them a friggin' liar if they did. No one I've ever seen said, "Oh yeah, I saw that coming." Like that is the ultimate. Oh my god, into the moment movie for me. Like. <sighs> I love that so much. And then I liked part two also, you know, the, it wasn't the original, but it, but it was pretty good. They, you know, they kind of tail off after that, but yeah, man, yeah. That, that first saw was so beautifully done and it ended so amazing. And it put James Wan on the map for me 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as far as I don't really do the the spooky poltergeist stuff he does, but I watch him because it's him because he did Saw. And I liked, uh, I think he was a part of Malignant. I liked that that just came out too. So he also did the ring, right? He might have. He he does all those those types, like conjuring, mm-hmm. all that stuff is from his like brain and stuff. Gotcha, gotcha. And number two on uh, Adam's list is going to be Michael Myers. I guess Halloween, the original. He, you know, I could see why you were confused by his list because he gives like the character names. But I asked him. He he said he wanted to do the movie. So I don't know if th- these are just his favorite slot. Clearly, these are his favorite slashers. But I don't know if. if he had remembered that he wanted to do movies if his list would be different. Maybe he didn't want to pick one specific movie out and it was more about the Halloween series. Right, like the franchise type thing? Series. Well, Mike, number two on my list is your number three. It's going to be Scream. It's going to be the original, sir. Oh, yeah. Got to be the The other ones were cool, but the originals, Ultimate, is the is the top one. Yeah. It's so weird that the, like that Frankie doesn't have any, like, any five that he likes of because you've seen enough of them but you just you just dislike the type of movie so much that you just have them uh uh not in there frankie like none there's not one that you're like no nah, i did like this guy like if you had to pick one of the guys you've seen what's your slasher that you're like well this one wasn't horrible well the the freddy's original the kruger originals the original jason chucky original chucky there you go so it's hard not you know, to get child play in there somewhere yeah but but i don't uh i don't I, I, those are not movies that i go back to see i probably watched them once and that's it walked on you know what i'm saying gotcha. yeah yeah yep all right well we're gonna be wrapping it up and number one on my list of course man i mean this this film has given me nightmares all my life the original nightmare on elm street freddy krueger legend you're you're Just right legend. at my heart right there west craven freddy robert england plays that character they should have never remade one without him he's a genius uh you can honestly pick any of them for me uh, i my number one is also a nightmare on elm street i'll just get it out of the way yeah. it's part three i love really? dream warriors oh okay. dream warriors that's when they're in the hospital right yes and they like they uh they can dream like like one's a wizard and one's a karate fighter and everything and i had this weird thing i was such a fan of freddie that i used to have dreams that i would go out and kill people with freddie krueger how weird is that not nightmare yeah not nightmares i was like you should do it this way and i would wake up like this is weird i'm not scared and he is but like jason and Candyman, if it was anybody with them it'd be a nightmare yeah. you're talking i watched the first nightmare on elm street in theaters when i was three years old mm. and i was never i, I just love that character it was it's Wes craven's a amazing i watched the first one when i was way too young and you know again that's why i've had nightmares in my life well uh you know mike it's you, you and i are not alone here on number one because adam his number one is also mr freddy krueger how can it not? It's so different than any other one. Yeah. It's so much different. Like it happening in the dreams and him being burned and the glove and the way he, as he went forward, the way, you know, they thought up ideas in the dream. 
you know, and just, man, it was so, so good. Uh, I, I just, Freddy Krueger is by far my guy by, by a million, like number one. And he loved, he had the iconic laugh, just the iconic look. And then, but also he would, he loved to toy with you, man. He yeah. would tease you. He'd let you know. And then he'd come get you later. You know what I mean? It, it was the, the so Frankie, not even Freddy Krueger, man. I said, I said Krueger. Yeah, he did. I oh, you said yeah, Kruger. that's right. Yeah, he yeah. said the first yeah, one. Yeah. So all of us really yeah. across the board yeah, yeah. are, are oh, Krueger if we had to pick one. I don't know if there'll ever be another guy like Freddy, you know what I mean? That will ever be invented or come out or anything. You know what I mean? Now, Wes Craven's mind is just, just, I mean, he did that <laughs> and then he did Hills Have Eyes and then he did Scream. Yeah. And, and then there's a movie called um, with... Uh, Golly, with Scarecrow and Peaky Blinders. Jeepers uh, Creepers? Uh, no, no. Uh, Cillian Murphy, where he's on an airplane with Rachel McAdams, Red Red Eye or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Great movie. Another that's West a good movie. Yeah. I've seen that, that one. Okay. That's a thriller. Yes, that's a thriller. Yeah, West Freeman's yeah. just brilliant, man. I just love it. You were saying, Mike, that they're... If- if they had made a new Freddy, you'd want it to be a prequel. Why? What was it called about? Uh, uh, it's, it, it, I wanted the one guy that played the new Freddy Krueger because I liked the actor. I just didn't like him being Freddy Krueger. There's only one Freddy Krueger. Yeah. But if they did the Springwood Slasher, okay. which is what he was before he was killed, and you did a movie about that, about him killing kids and them, them coming after and burning him at the end, Mm-hmm. I think that would have been amazing, but the the remake of the nightmare he just wasn't good. No. As it was awful. Yeah, it didn't I, work. I wonder if they'll ever make that Springwood Slasher. That'd be good. Yeah, man. I just I wish they'd have done it a, a decade ago when Robert could have still done it. Honestly. Yeah, for sure. Well, gentlemen, it was a it was a good discussion as always. Now I kind I'm in the mood to watch a scary movie, man. <laughs> Frankie, I appreciate you joining us tonight, sir. Well, thank you for having me, guys. I, I'm glad. Uh, I guess I didn't screw up that bad the last time that you, <laughs> that you brought me back on. <laughs> hey, you're probably going to be stealing my job pretty soon if it's up to Mike. <laughs> well, Frankie, before we, you know, before we get you out of here. <laughs> Got him right at the end. Yeah. Remind the people where they can find you on Twitter. Frankie Kenneth L. One Mike, word. Uh, Mike, remind the people they can find you on Twitter. At CD Piglet, guys. Letter C, letter D, Piglet. Nice and easy. Hey, Frankie, thanks for all the uh, cap stuff, too, man. That's, that's oh, yeah. great. We know that's your thing. And I go to you. You and KD are my cap guys. You know, Absolutely. it's funny you say that because KD was my guy. He's <laughs> he's the one that I used to read when I was a puppy and, and reading that stuff. Yep, absolutely. And I just want to say again, hey, shout out to Adam again for uh, helping us tonight with the top five. Again, you can find him on Twitter at Hoop Bill, and be sure to give him a follow and the Star Boys Network to follow as well. Uh, guys, again, I am Paul Ryan. You can find me on Twitter at Paul underscore Ryan 15. We appreciate you joining us and we'll see you guys next week.